Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Hi friends, it's good to be with you this morning, even virtually. I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to take this morning to introduce two of our incredible leaders here at Rivers Church. You may have heard that Rivers is a place where it's for all generations. It's for people who are young and old. The people I'm about to introduce may be young, but they have some real maturity and leadership and they are growing and are doing incredible things as they say yes to Jesus and what his plans are for Rivers Church. So I'm super excited to introduce you to them. Uh, the, the truth is, you may walk into this room and you might have thought, wow, these people look great. They look like they have it all together. And I just want to be the first to say, if nobody else has said it to you yet, that man, we are not that perfect, right? There are so many of us that struggle with deep hurts, habits, and hangups, which is something you're going to hear a lot about today. I won't steal all of these leaders' thunder by introducing everything about Celebrate Recovery. But what I do want to say is that these two leaders said yes to a clear call of God on their lives and a purpose for Rivers Church. Max and Melody Herzog have been leading CR since its inception here, um, and they've done some incredible things and been um, really wonderful leaders as they have you know, said yes to God and have said yes to people. You know, uh, if you know my husband and I, you know that Tony and I are both in recovery, and that's where we built most of our relationship. We recognize that God has done so much to save us, to change us, to redeem us, and yet that we are still a work in progress, and that he's continually changing us into the people he wants us to be. Max and Melody have been wonderful teammates to us as well as we continue to grow and to heal. You know, it's been said that if you're looking for a perfect church, just stop, because as soon as you walk through the doors, that church becomes imperfect. If you are hearing this today and you are either worried about the kinds of sins that you might hear from the stage or confessed in these testimonies today, or if you're on the other side and think, man, these people still have it all together and nobody can really understand the kind of depth of my sin and the, the shame that I feel in my heart, I just want you to stop, listen, be open to what God is saying here in this place. I challenge you to listen carefully to what Max and Melody are going to say. God is doing big things at Rivers Church because of the Herzog's obedience and most of all, God's faithfulness. We, Tony and I, Max and Melody, and so many others that you'll hear from today are really, really human. We are the products of God's grace with hurt and messy people. And I hope that you'll see today that he can redeem even your most hidden, secretive, and even shameful things too. So in- Hello, Rivers Church. I am Max. This is my gorgeous wife, Melody. Hi, everyone. I just want to echo what Rachel says. We are messy people serving a perfect God, so thank goodness for that. Amen. Um, so I wanted to start off uh, in prayer, actually. Uh, we've got quite a list um, in our church of people that are, are down and out and are sick, and we want to go ahead and pray for them. Uh, tried to include a, a lot of names on the list. We've got Pastor Tyrone, Amy, and his kids, uh, Pastor Matt and Tanya, uh, Gail's wife, Sandra, uh, Tony, and 
Rachel uh, are out sick as well, and Miguel's family has had sickness in their family as well, and I'm sure there's a lot more of us that are struggling with all kinds of different things, whether it be COVID or the flu or a cold or just allergies or whatever it is that keeps us down and out or unable to attend uh, our our Sunday gathering or our service here uh, today. So I want to go ahead and pray for them real quick. Uh, Lord, I I thank you for bringing us all together, and I pray for uh, healing and provision and your protection for all these people I've named and those left unnamed that are still struggling with uh, sickness or anything else that prevents them from joining us here today, Lord. Uh, I pray that that you will move in their lives and and let them see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, that even though sickness comes in this world, you you turn all things for your glory, Lord, and that, that you will make a a wonderful testimony out of these trials that they go through. In your name we pray, amen. So I wanted to uh, share a little bit about Max and I before we talk about CR and what that means and, and share um, what we believe in. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of you maybe only know Max and I from the last year or so. And uh, I think we've, uh, we've been pretty good the last year, so to speak. Um, we've, we are far different people than we were two years ago, three years ago. So I kind of wanted to share a little bit uh, about our story. Um, so for me personally, um, I grew up in a Christian home, born and raised. I went to church. I went to Sunday school, went to youth group got involved, I did the pageants at church, checked all the boxes. Um, I always believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And unfortunately, in high school and college, that led to me wondering what else was there in the world. I hadn't learned about the world. I had been a little sheltered, and so this curiosity was just buried in me. And all of a sudden, I had freedom, well, I thought it was freedom, to go out and explore what was out there in the world. And unfortunately, that led to me discovering drugs, alcohol, men, pornography, all the things that Christianity says are bad for you and you need to avoid. I went out and discovered them anyways. I was heavily involved. Um, I was coping. And in college, I found myself involved with a theater company. I have a theater background, and I'm shaking up here, so forgive me. (laughs) Um, But within this theater company, I became box office manager, and I was volunteering for them and dedicating my life to them. I thought, okay, this is it. This is my family. I found where I belong. They encouraged my talents. They encouraged my curiosity. They uplifted me. But they didn't steer me away from any of the wrong things of the world. They encouraged everything. And so it continued. I continued to cope with all of these horrendous things in my life. And it led to anger at God for no reason. I was, I remember I was at a party one time, particularly drunk. And I went out to the driveway, I sat down, and I just started crying and talking to God for the first time in probably two to three years. I had just kind of, well, he's there. I don't need to build that relationship. He's there. It's fine. But I remember talking to him and just being angry. All I had left for him was anger. I was angry that my family was nagging me about my habits. I was angry. At that point, I had been diagnosed with diabetes. I was so angry about everything, and that's all that I had left. 
And in January of 2019, that all came crashing down. This theater company had given my life to, um, they kicked me out. They threatened to sue me and my life just crumbled. And I had nothing except Max and God, thankfully. And so many people don't know that person that I used to be, but I do, and God remembers. And through CR, I have healed. I've healed a lot, and I'm so grateful. So I'm just here to say that um, we, all have, we all have backgrounds. We all have similar stories. <laughs> and I know that sometimes you see young leaders like us and think, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> They've had a good life. It's not true. We all have history. We all have hurts, habits, and hangups. And God is there to pick up the pieces. So I'm going to let Max talk about himself. I'm also pregnant. I apologize. I cry at everything. Uh, so we actually grew up at the same church. Um, and we have a very similar background growing up, uh, being relatively sheltered and uh, just, just growing up in that uh, kind of like a pastor's kid lifestyle with all those expectations that are, are put on uh, a lot of our kids in, in, in our youth groups uh, in, in churches these days. They're uh, not necessarily bad things. It's just uh, oftentimes they're, they're not allowed to, to know about anything else going on in the world except for, uh, Christian music, Christian news, Christian things. And then that leads to curiosity. And when they actually come of age and they're out free in the world, they start doing things they shouldn't be doing. And they know that they shouldn't be doing it because they were told their entire childhood that they should not be doing it. And now they're asking the question, well, why is it so bad? It doesn't feel that bad. It feels great. Uh, which for me, my, my addiction was in pornography. And I had gotten uh, so involved in that. I was spending hours and hours a day um, just in that lifestyle. And it, it was... Uh, it was causing me to not be able to develop any relationships with anyone else or, or really develop any other, other hobbies or anything. It just, you know, sucked the life right out of everything I was doing. And uh, it was interesting because uh, I've actually had uh, a couple people uh, that I've gone to for help and trying to, to break through uh, from that addiction and uh, I had a friend of mine actually from this church, uh, Dan, actually offered to sit down with me. He brought some books to our meeting. And these books were Celebrate Recovery books. And we sat there in a uh, Picasso's restaurant trying to go through these books. And it was very uncomfortable. It was awkward uh, trying to talk about these, uh, these hurts and habits that I've got going on in the middle of a restaurant <laughs> full of people <laughs> while I'm trying to eat pizza. Um, which may or may not be a, an addictive struggle I have. Pizza is amazing. It's a gift from God. Amen. All right. <laughs> so uh, our lives ended up uh, actually pulling us back together. Even though we grew up in the same church, we had drifted apart. And uh, we'll talk about uh, that story a little bit later. Uh, but now, um, you know, uh, Mel's no longer in theater. She actually works uh, at Ace Hardware as a cashier. Pretty typical job. And I'm a plumber um, by trade, and I, I do, uh, I'm in the apprenticeship program for our local plumbing union, so I do classes at night and everything else like that. So our, our lives have changed quite a bit in the last several years uh, throughout our recovery. We've grown closer to God and closer to each other, 
and uh, we're, we're moving closer and closer to uh, the right path uh, where we should be, uh, thankfully. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, let you guys listen to another couple that is in our Celebrate Recovery program here at Rivers Church um, and, and their testimony about what their life was like and uh, what Celebrate Recovery and Christ has done in their lives since they started back in August of last year. Um, well, for me, uh, it was chaos. Um, it was, uh, there was no hope. A lot of partying, a lot of uh, shenanigans and just kind of doing life on Lisa's terms, um, I guess you would say. Um, it got me into some trouble. I ended up in jail. And while I was in there, um, I saw there was a group of girls that had like something. I don't know what it was. And I really, really wanted that. So in meanwhile, I did not know Christ at all. Um, so it was a group called Celebrate Recovery had come to minister to the women. And I'd gone to a couple other church groups. Um, nothing seemed to resonate. I didn't get it. Um, but I went to the CR and they talked about hurts and hangups and these people were like broken. They talked about their testimonies and that resonated. And that's when I accepted Christ. Um, from there, I continue to follow Christ, but um, as sometimes it happens, you know, we start doing life on our own and kind of leave him in the background, forget everything that he's done for us. And I was on a bad little road trip again, and I decided I needed to get sober. Um, I started an AA program, um, which was really, really good, but it was process. And yeah, I had a higher power, and I knew my higher power was God, but it was, I was missing the element. I couldn't figure out what it was. And in the interim, you know, Doug and I had a rough patch. We got back together, we were going to church. We decided we were gonna really make an effort to, you know, not drink, not party, just do Christ and see how that went. And then there were all of a sudden, one time we were at church and they said, hey, we're starting CR. And I just remember I got so stoked, I was so excited. Cause I knew that was it, it just, it, yeah, I just knew it in my spirit, my heart, everything. That was going to be it. I mean, yeah. it's been great. Um, the change, everything has been amazing. So you want to... Yeah, so for me, I, you know, I was... I lived a pretty crazy life for 35 years. You know, I never really grew up. Um, it was, uh, you know, when I didn't... When I met Lisa, we were still in that party and stage. We drank a lot and did a lot of crazy stuff. Um, a lot of sin um, was going on. So... Um, our relationship became, even though we fell deeply in love, we had a very toxic relationship. And um, um, we found ourselves getting in fights and breaking up two to three times a month for a couple of years. This was started back in 2017. We finally decided that enough is enough. We both love one another. It's time for us to get, to grow up a little bit here. and. Uh, um, first of all, stop drinking and stop partying. And um, second, start following Jesus and start living by our faith again. And to, I mean, even though we went to church a few times during our toxic relationship because we were trying to repair things, we went right back to the old ways. Well, it was time for us to make a commitment. So we made a commitment to God, to Jesus, to get back to church, to start working on our relationship and to improve our lives individually and together. 
Um, and it's been amazing. So when we went to church, when we started going to church virtually and then, um, and then went personally, um, I got baptized in October. So I, 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 uh, um, I confirmed I, as an adult, got baptized. Um, I, I was all in um, after being, you know, about four or five months sober. Celebrate recovery. I started in August. Um, and it was um, a great foundation um, to, to our routine, to, to what we're doing. So our relationship has completely improved in the last 13 months. Our, our new relationship date is June 27th because we're new people through CR and through Christ because we have sticked with our routine. We do our readings in the morning, our Bible readings, our daily bread and our men or women's devotionals. We go to our CR book study groups, um, the women's group and the men's group on Friday nights. Um, I'm currently doing Bible study on Mondays. Um, we also go to another CR share group on Tuesday nights, which is a couple hours. We do that together. Yeah. So it's just been amazing the growth of our relationship and how our life has improved and we're continually improving. Individually as well. Yeah, you individually know. as well. So we're continuously, now that we're through the, now that we're sober and we don't have any kind of hurts, habits, or hangups of, of alcohol, now we're working on other um, personality traits in our lives um, as far as anxiety, anger issues, and how to better work on those and to do it as Jesus would and to follow Jesus um, when we start feeling those emotions come in our relationship. Yeah, we communicate anger. a lot We communicate now. much better yeah. now. Our <laughs> relationship, now we're going in the right direction and we're so excited for the future. So, And I think the CR, the folks that we've had, you know, we have built new relationships with best friends. Absolutely. I mean, you know. We've really created some great relationships yeah. this whole journey. It's amazing. Doug and Lisa are uh, celebrating life in Hawaii right now, but we're so grateful that they were uh, able to share their testimony with us. Um, they've been such a powerful part of our groups, um, and we're so grateful for them. Um, they've really um, they've become such an incredible part of this church. They've jumped in and gotten involved, and they've turned their life around, and they've been an inspiration to us, for sure, as much as um, we've been able to give back to them. So we're really grateful for them. Indeed. So let's go ahead and dive into the word. We're going to start in Hebrews, and my lovely, my lovely wife is going to read it for us. So we're going to be in Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There's two things I want to point out in this verse is God has a particular race, a particular plan for our lives, for each and every one of us. And it's going to be unique for everyone. He's got a different plan for, for each individual uh, that he has here on this earth. And the second is that we need to be willing to get rid of all the unnecessary baggage, the past failures or hurts, habits or hangups that trip us up and prevent us from, uh, from actually living that, that race, that plan that God has for us. Our task in life is to love differently. It's a series that uh, our church is in the middle of right now. And what that looks like is going to be a different, 
bit different for, for everybody. Our stories, our specific races are, are all a little bit different. Um, they, they vary greatly, actually. But that love, that self-sacrificial Calvary, agape-style love, is how the world is going to know that we belong to him. That's what Jesus told us in Matthew. Um, so as we said, we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups in life. Uh, deep down, we know there's something holding us back from the life God has for us. There's something that's tripping us up, that's keeping us from running that race. And we know that because we have that little voice in the back of our head that's telling us, like, hey, probably shouldn't be doing that. We just got that, that guilt, that conviction, or possibly even that shame. That addiction doesn't look the same for all of us. Um, some of us are lucky to not struggle with drugs and alcohol. For me personally, I struggle with money. I'm addicted to money, getting it and spending it as quickly as I can. We all have something. Some of us, it's Netflix. So I <laughs> just want to put that out there and um, you know, say you don't have to be a quote-unquote addict to receive the love of God. Exactly. So we have all these different types of issues. I'll, I'll go through a, a gauntlet of questions for everybody here to kind of sit and ponder on. But we try to ignore these issues or we hide them or we try to fix them on our own. And, and that doesn't necessarily work all the time. We, we can't fix ourselves. That's why Christ came to this earth was to help us so that we can walk with him, build a relationship with him. And through that relationship, he'll fix us. Uh, so how many of you have a bad habit or an, or an addiction? How many of you have been hurt by somebody or have hurt somebody else? How many of you have been hurt by a church? How many of us have probably uh, drinking too much? How many of us uh, abuse drugs? Maybe you watch pornography. Maybe we have a secret child or we eat too many devil's food zingers or maybe your parents abused you or maybe you abuse your kids or your spouse. Maybe you have a deep, dark secret hiding in your closet. How many of you feel hung up on something that you just can't let go? I think we can all agree that we were hung up on something somewhere in our lives. See, everyone's hands should be raised either literally or in your head. You're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So we all have issues. We've all fallen short. We've all have resentments. We all have messed up. We will all do it again and again. And let's face it. Eating even one's devil's food zingers, arguably more than we ever need in this life anyway, right? <laughs> They're so good. Uh, <laughs> Pizza and zingers, folks. Uh, so if you raise your hand uh, in your head or literally uh, online as well, then I'm glad because it means that you're not in complete denial, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning. For the rest of us, though, uh, we're probably in denial about something. If we think we actually have it all together, we know what's up, then, well, I got news for you. You don't. Um, well, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. I got, I got like one giggle. That's good. I'm going to say it again. Denial isn't just a river in Egypt. Okay, tough crowd, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. It's easier at a comedy club when everyone's been drinking for four hours, right? Okay, more laugh on that one, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, so really, what is denial? Um, so denial is a false system of beliefs that's not based on reality. It's, it's actually setting aside reality and, and constructing our own idea of what is real. And if, if you are familiar with Celebrate Recovery at all, you know that we work in acrostics. And I'm going to have my wife actually read our acrostic for denial. Uh, 
So for this one, it is D, disables our feelings. E is energy lost. N, negates growth. I, isolates us from God. A, alienates us from our relationships. And L, it lengthens our pain. All very negative. So denial tells us that we are getting away with it, that no one knows, but that can't be further from the truth. Denial is the pink elephant in the room. No one in the family wants to talk about or acknowledges it in any way. Do any of these sound familiar? Can we stop talking about it? Talking about it only makes it worse. Or let's pretend that didn't happen, okay? Or they don't really drink that much. Or I don't really drink that much. Or at least they don't hurt anybody else. Sound familiar? That is denial. Now, admitting to any of those things I mentioned before in church can be very difficult to do. Many of us rationalize our fears saying things like, well, they would kick me out if they knew that about me. Or I won't be included anymore. Or maybe deep down you feel like you just don't belong. Anyone identify with that at all? Maybe you just don't quite fit in right? Well, we grew up in church. We felt the same way growing up, that we didn't feel like we really belonged. We're checking all the boxes, but we're, eh, we're not really quite part of you know, the in crowd. So we hide because it's one of the ways that we, respond, that we respond to shame in our lives. Shame can be described as a feeling uh, of lack of worthiness or belonging. It's a negative emotion that says, I'm terrible, I am worthless, I am bad. And this is different than guilt. When we feel guilt, we're like, oh, I did a bad thing. That thing was bad. When we experience shame, it's saying, I'm bad. And that's just not true. So, so God says that you are worth it, that you belong here. And in Isaiah, he spells out um, how much uh, that, that we mean to him. This is one of my favorite verses, and it's kind of um, the grounding scripture for all of what CR is. So Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. You were bought with a price. Christ came, he lived, he died, he rose again for you. He wants relationship with you. That's, that's, that's what he wants. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to get to know him. He wants to walk together just like he did with Adam in the garden. That's what he wants. So he felt so strongly about his love for you that you belong with him in heaven that he gave his life to make it possible and he offers that gift to you for free. He calls you brother and sister, children of God, co-heirs of Christ, the love of his life, literally. That's right. He paid the price for all of your past sins, all of your future sins. He wants to walk and talk with you. But we hold on to these habits, these hurts, these hangups. We let them trip us up, cause us to stumble, keep us preoccupied so we can't spend time with him. And part of spending that time with him is learning to love like him, to love him and to love other people like him, which is differently than the rest of the world operates. That love that we get to experience in Christ is, is completely different. Uh, I'm reading a book right now, and in that book, uh, it's talking about um, uh, the difference between how the world operates and how Christ operates and how the world operates as a power over or power 
by the sword type of mentality, which means you obey or else. Whereas Christ came, and he is a power under. He came not to be served, but to serve. So instead of ruling with a sword, Christ came and he ruled with a towel. He came and washed his disciples' ugly, disgusting feet because he knew that that would impact their lives a lot more than threatening them with a sword, saying, obey or else, which is how the rest of our world operates. All of our nations, all of our laws are like, hey, you obey this, or you get a fine, or you go to jail, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus operates a lot differently, and that's very similar to how we operate uh, in Celebrate Recovery, and, you know, particularly here in our church, um, we we serve, and that's that's all of the leaders up here are are servants. That's what we do. Um, we're not. Uh, I don't think pastor really ever refers to him as the lead pastor or the senior pastor. He is a pastor at Rivers Church, which I hear him say often, and I really appreciate that. So freedom is a journey, and every journey starts with a single step. And you've taken the first step. Today, just by being here or joining us online, listening to this, you've made that first step. And, 12, and uh, Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step program. We've taken the, uh, uh, I guess kind of like from AA or NA or any of those other programs, we've taken those 12 steps, we've applied the eight Beatitudes to them with our eight principles, and we've, we've injected Christ's love and grace into that entire program. Uh, which is kind of trying to makes this uh, a little bit more of a deeper level than um, than some of those other programs. I know some some of us may have experience with AA or anything else like that, and they talk about a higher power. This one kind of doesn't leave higher power open for interpretation. I had a friend I was talking with uh, at work one time, and I was talking about uh, celebrate recovery and, and recovery and everything else, and how it kind of differs. And he's like, "Oh yeah, he does NA." And he's like, uh, so we talk about, you know, Narcotics Anonymous and, and, and his struggle with that and how his higher power, because he doesn't believe in God, was vodka. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm proud of you for getting off the narcotics, um, but <laughs> we might have to work on the, the alcohol issue next, which is something we find in going through our 12 steps and going through inventory is that our primary issue that we come um, to God with usually isn't actually the root issue. We end up peeling away layers and digging down deeper into uh, like our, our childhood and the hurts we have from our childhood that affect us all throughout life, how our parents treated us, uh, different statements that were said to us when we were kids. Uh, they echo throughout our lives and they cause anxiety and worry and distrust and shame. And those are the, the big things that we actually struggle with that we use drugs and alcohol, sex, pornography, zingers, pizza, we use those as coping mechanisms to make ourselves feel better. So a, a challenge for you guys is to think of one thing that you have an unhealthy adhesion to, one thing that you, that you got in the back of your mind probably already, like, you know, I probably should be giving this up. It's probably not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my relationship with Christ or my relationship with other people. So think of that one thing and fast it for a week. If you're thinking in the back of your head that, that I can't do that, then, then you have to do that. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you feel like you can't give that up, then that thing is an idol. And that can be 
anything from video games, social media, food, alcohol, drugs, worry, pornography, shame, any of those things that you feel like you need to give up so that you can have a better relationship with, with the people in your life or with God, especially with God, um, then that's something that you need to seriously consider giving up. Just try it for a week. That's all I'm saying. Just a week. I'm not saying quit cold turkey and never turn back. You know, I would be glad if you were able to do that. Uh, but give it up for a week. See if you can do it for a week. Uh, you might find that you'll struggle to do that without God, which is why I say fast. Because what you're going to do in fasting, you're not just going to give something up and sit there and twiddle your thumbs while you're thinking about, gee, I wish I could do that right now is you're going to substitute that time, that energy, and that money that you spend on whatever that is, and you're going to give it to the Lord in prayer, meditation, Bible reading, service, and charity. You're going to reinvest everything that you invest into that bad habit or that bad thought or anything else into ministry, because we're all called to be ministers. So you're going to reinvest that into ministering to yourself you know, through God's word and prayer, and you're going to reinvest that, uh, that money and everything else into extending that kingdom of God. You know, imagine a world free, free from shame. You can come, lay your burdens down, nobody bats an eye. We don't really have that in, in our world today. It sounds pretty good. But imagine if you came up and you confessed that uh, you're a, a former hitman or whatever, and you, you killed children in their sleep or something just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And what if the person you confess that to just hugs you and tell you that they love you and that those actions don't define you? That's the kind of love that Jesus has for us, and that's the kind of love that we have for everyone else that we come in contact with on a day-to-day -day basis uh, because we're just as guilty. We are just as sinful, just as, uh, just as gone from God's grace as we could have been. Uh, we probably could have kept going, I guess. You know, the people can, can go and go and go and go and run and run and run their race in the opposite direction. Further, you know, they, they start at the starting line and they go the other way. Like, the finish line's that way, dude. You just keep running and running and running. Um, but the truth is, is, you know, our, with our relationship with God, whenever we want to get back to him, it's just one step. It's all it takes to get back to him. No matter how far away we run, it's only one step to get back with God. That's an amazing world um, that we can, we can imagine. That's actually what God's kingdom is like. And his kingdom is actually here and now on this world. It exists within uh, Christ's church. You know, not necessarily just these, these walls that we are in or you know, watching online. Christ's church exists anywhere where his believers are, where his disciples walk, anywhere on this planet, that is where his church exists. And that's why we, we gather here to encourage each other. That way we can go out and take church or the gospel or however you want to describe it. Uh, I think the, the Greek word used in the New Testament is ecclesia, to, to go out into the world and take that, that love with us because that's what Christ says that we will be known by is that love. And... To clarify, we want to build that world in CR. We want to be those people who are open and welcoming. And no matter what you've done, we're not there to judge. We're there to just love you with open arms and provide you with tools on your, your recovery journey for every single person. There, there is help for you. 
Um, I know a 12-step program seems very overwhelming. I was overwhelmed. And also in the back of my mind, I was, I, I'm not addicted. I don't, I don't need a program. I did. We all do. Um, and I, I say that with meaning. I, I don't say that to condescend. But we all have fallen short. We all struggle with something in our lives. Even if it's just, um, my sister and I haven't talked in six months. And come to see y'all. <laughs> you know? There is healing to be found in every moment of our lives. And um, we're just seeking to, to give you the tools and the, the family and the friendships that you need to, to continue to build on your recovery. Because recovery is ongoing. It's not, a, well, my journey starts here and ends here. Your journey starts and continues and that's awesome. It's never ending. There shouldn't be a goal with your recovery other than to continue getting better. And that's the beauty of God's grace is it's always there to continue bettering us. We, we take that first step and those subsequent steps on recovering. We're, what we're doing is we're actually learning to walk closer with God. So if, if I'm walking closer to God and I am learning to get closer and closer to him and you imagine a pyramid and God is at the top and I'm all the way down here on one side, then everyone else we have a relationship with in life it could be our spouse, our best friends, our brothers, our family, etc. If they're also trying to get closer to God, they're on the other side of that pyramid or triangle and they're trying to get closer. Well, as they get closer, as we get closer, we get closer together. And we get a better relationship out of it because God is our focal point in our relationship. And that's kind of how the roadmap in Celebrate Recovery works. As we work on ourselves and our own hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and we learn to cast off those things so we can run that race better, hopefully we have other people, you know, particularly in that group, but other people in our lives that are also doing that same type of journey, getting closer to God, and then we can get closer to them. And we can minister with each other, we can disciple each other, and then we can go out, like we have our go groups here at Rivers Church, and we can go out, you know, just the two of us and invite, you know, someone else in, and then, oh, now we got four, well, now we can split off into two groups, and we can get another person in, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and, and we can grow that way. But it's hard for us to grow if we're still sunk deep inside our deep, dark pit of shame over our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups, where we feel like we just can't get over this, we're stuck in a rut, etc. And that's what Celebrate Recovery is about. Celebrate Recovery is God's ER. CR is God's ER. <laughs> One of our favorite phrases, because that's where a lot of us who are just so stuck in whatever we got ourselves into, we need some help. So we actually, uh, I'd like to invite you guys to take the next steps because just by being here and listening to our first step is stepping out of denial and into God's grace, which is what we've talked about today. So you've completed step one. We want you to come for steps two through 12 with us to celebrate recovery. We're going to be starting uh, our, our gatherings. It'll be a monthly gathering with an open share portion. Uh, we actually separate into men's and women's groups. We're going to be starting at the week after Freedom Conference. Freedom Conference and that Freedom Class is also a wonderful tool um, to, to get that freedom as well. It's not necessarily a 12-step program. It's a little bit different. Uh, Shay can actually talk more about that a little bit later as far as uh, how the Freedom Course works. So you have two options. If you want to join us to celebrate recovery and our band of misfits as we stumble through those 12 steps trying to figure out 
uh, how we can get closer to God. And then there's also the, the, the Freedom Class and the Freedom Con- Conference, where actually all of our CR guys are going to be there at Freedom Conference and helping them for that, that first uh, event uh, as we, we all band together as a church. I think pretty much all of our ministries are going to band together for that Freedom Conference, which is going to be really great. So I encourage you to go to that. It's going to be a, a two-day thing, a Friday and a Saturday. Um, it's going to be really, really good. So that's uh, pretty much all I have in my notes. So we're going to walk back into the rest of our testimony because we told you guys where we were and what was happening before we actually joined CR. And now we're going to dive into a little bit more. Yes, now that we have uh, preached at you a little bit, I wanted to uh, just kind of share where our hearts are and how we came to this point and why we started CR, um, how we were able to, and what God has done in our lives. Um, so as Max said, we, uh, we grew up in the same church. We saw each other through puberty and still chose to marry each other. It's a good time. <laughs> but um, we were never really close at this church we grew up in. Um, Max hung out with his dad doing technical stuff or building sets with his mom. He was always kind of behind the scenes, and I was in front of the scenes performing. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do all the pageants. I danced, I sang, um, I helped my dad in the orchestra. Um, so we were, we were involved in this church. We had a few close friends, but somehow still within this church, um, we were bullied and shamed, which is something that should never, ever happen in, um, in God's building. Um, So a good example of that is a story that Max always likes to share. Um, He used to work for this church. He got an income from this church. And so he didn't tithe because that was his version of tithing. And he got in trouble for not tithing. The church shamed him because he wasn't giving back his income to them. And he said, you know, he tried to explain, then take it from my paycheck or something And it was just this roundabout circle of shame that didn't go anywhere and just left him feeling inadequate and a little bitter. Um, And I I had similar experiences. I was bullied at this church, um, and I never really quite fit in anywhere. Um, And it just left me with a bit of a sour taste in my mouth for church. Um, And there was all this, you do this and you'll go to hell, et cetera, et cetera extremist point of view at this church, which should not be, you know? We need to preach love. Um, So after high school, we kind of, um, we each went our different ways. Um, We went out to other churches and ministries. Max remained involved in um, Rangers throughout the years, uh, which is like uh, Boy Scouts at church. Um, And I went to Grand Canyon University, so that counts as church, right? Um, but, um, through it all, we were just kind of sort of halfway doing the whole Christian thing. We believed in God. Um, but fast forward through the years of financial, sexual, alcohol, drug, pornography addictions, and there were two very broken and hurting people who thought they had it all together. November of 2018, we reconnected on a dating app of all places. He messaged me and Four days later, I responded. (laughs) Even though we were both done dating at the time, we decided to catch up with each other and hang out. And uh, three hangouts later, we decided, hmm, 
this might be more than just catching up with an old friend. So uh, we became official. We spent the holidays together. We went camping together, took a trip to Vegas together. Um, that December, Max was hospitalized. I was there for him. That January, my world was obliterated, and he was there for me. We made a really good team. However, God was not done revealing all of our flaws to one another because we were living in sin at that time. So Max discovered that I had been lying about some hefty debts from my past, and I was so ingrained in my habits and my lifestyle that I didn't realize I was lying. It just came naturally. But he discovered that, and he was strong enough to say, hey, we need to take a step back. We need to fix ourselves before we can get back together and um, build a relationship, if we can. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but it definitely broke me. Um, so I worked hard on myself. Um, and in March, um, three weeks later, uh, he reached out to me saying, if I'd ever heard about Celebrate Recovery. Um, I had, but I never really fully looked into it. But I didn't care. Max wanted to do something with me, and I was so excited. So I said, okay, let's, let's do it. So we, uh, we took the 45-minute drive down to Indian School and 44th Street every week. Um, we did the men's and women's step study, and um, it was life-changing. I didn't expect it. I expected to just go and read a scripture and just kind of ride the ride. But um, God said no, do the work, and I did. And um, we rebuilt our relationship. Um, that May, we were engaged, 2019. And that October, we were married, which seems fast for some people. Um, but hey, we didn't have to do a COVID wedding, so there's that. <laughs> um, and we're also incredibly grateful um, because my grandma passed away two months after her wedding. So God's timing is in all things. Um, but it hasn't been just sunshine and rainbows since then. Because um, once you decide to go to work for the Lord, Satan gears up. We've had two years of family trauma, deaths, car troubles, more than I can list, COVID, hospital visits, financial struggles. But we're doing it knowing that God has a plan. And honestly, the, the rewards outweigh the struggles. Um, we're having a baby. Um, there's so many blessings in our life that, I mean, I could take hours listing them. Um, the biggest one has been being able to get CR going here, to start a ministry. Like, I never thought I'd be called to ministry, for sure. And I know so many of us can say the same thing. But your ministry is your life. Your life is your ministry. You live it out. So for some people, that means being called to be a pastor. For some, that means... Humming a worship song at your work. I did that the other day, and the guy started singing along with me, and it was a really incredible experience. So you never know how God is going to use you. <clears throat> um, but CR is our calling, which we, we, we weren't sure about it, and then it, it just happened. And it so easily happened, and we're so grateful for that. And we're so grateful for the people who have gotten involved. And we're so grateful for you guys for listening to us. Um, and I hope 
you either choose to join or you say, hey, they told us about this really cool ministry at this church. I think you'd enjoy it. You never know what it's going to do for someone. And um, we're really excited to launch the next step of CR, which is going to be this huge gathering that anyone can come to at any point. Um, and then come January, we're going to be restarting the step studies. So there's, um, there's time to share the word. There's time to get people involved. We're having a barbecue at this kickoff. You can bribe people with that. <laughs> but we are like smoked pork, right? We are so excited, and um, we're just so excited to see um, what God's going to do um, and to see the disciples and the disciple makers that come out of this. Um, it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, so our, our Celebrate Recovery Open Share, our, our gathering night is, like we said, it's open to anybody who wants to come. You can come one week. You can come the next month. You can come just once and not come back if you really want to. I don't really recommend that. I hope you do keep coming back. Um, but it's just open. We're going to have a, a, like a testimony or a message, and then we're going to break off into some open share groups. You know, it'll be a, a men's group and then a women's group where we, we're just free to share about, you know, what's going on in our lives and what, what we need help with. And then we can all encourage each other and, and you know, come together, you know, as a, as a family and, and help lift each other up and, uh, and move on from these hurts. It's not about uh, fixing each other because we're, we're not the master mechanics that get to fix each other. Jesus is, God is, and we can encourage each other to dive in uh, to Jesus in prayer and Bible reading and, and these gatherings together like what we're doing here right now um, at church and what we do at gathering, what we do in our step studies. The step studies are a little bit deeper. Uh, we actually end up closing the step studies to new members after a few weeks, after we finish up the first book, the, the first uh, three lessons, uh, three or four lessons, and then we end up closing the group because we get so far uh, into the onion, peeling back the layers, that it's impossible for someone to come in in the middle and catch up and feel like they're a part of the group. Uh, so that's that's going to be like the intensive care unit uh, is that celebrate recovery. So if you've you've been doing cocaine for like 14 years, or uh, you're you're involved in some very unhealthy sexual practices, um, let's say you you were a hitman back in the day or something like that, and you're 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 looking to get closer to Jesus and turn your life around, that step study is going to be your biggest thing. But it's not just for people who are that far into um, all those hurts and those habits and those hang-ups, it's, it's really for anybody who has anything that's holding them back, whether it's uh, a family issue, whether it's just, you know, I really mismanaged my finances because I just don't, uh, I just don't care. You know, I like spending money on me. You know, that's the root of selfishness right there, and that's something that, that we, can, we can work through through these Celebrate Recovery steps. We actually have the steps on our shirts. If you're interested in what those steps are, um, the first one is stepping out of denial into God's grace, basically saying, I can't. Step two is saying, God can. And then step three is saying, let God um, do his work. Step four is looking within. You're, you're going through that inventory. You're looking into your past, being like, uh, okay, so this is a resentment I have. You know, this was a hurt I have been holding on to. Maybe these are some of the root causes for some of the things I do in life right now. Five is admitting that we're wrong. Six is you're ready for self 
uh, we're ready, readying ourselves for change. Seven is seeking God's help, and then becoming willing is the eighth step. And then we make amends, or we apologize to other people for the hurts that we've done to them, because hurt people hurt people. Uh, that's the circle of life. And then we, we move into a daily inventory where we ask ourselves every single day, you know, have I hurt somebody? Do I need to make amends with them? Have people hurt me? Am I going to hang on to that? How can I let that go? Etc. And then we pray, meditate, and then 12 is give it away. 12, the final step, is becoming a servant, becoming a leader, getting involved in either another ministry or in helping celebrate recovery, expand, etc. You can get involved somewhere. You have to share that love and that grace that God has given you um, with other people. I want to thank you guys. Um for coming today, um, for listening to us um, stumble through this message. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pray us out and invite Joel and the team to come back up to close us out in worship. Um, thank you again for being here today. I hope something touches each of your hearts today um, and you can share the message, share this ministry with someone in your life, or maybe you choose to come out, even if it's just for the barbecue and to hear some more testimonies. You know, that's okay. God God works in amazing ways. God works through pulled pork. <laughs> so um, I'm going to close this out. Um, so Heavenly Father, um, thank you again for today. Um, thank you for being in this place. Um, thank you for your presence, for your heart, your soul, for your love. Um, I pray um, that you continue to bless us with your love um, and that we soak that up and overflow with it so that we can give it back. Um, I want to pray blessings over this ministry, um, for the people involved, for the people who have supported us, um, for the people who have yet to get involved, the ones that you're preparing, they're preparing their hearts and minds uh, to come and join us on this recovery journey. Um, I want to pray for everyone here in the building today and everyone online. I want to thank you um, for speaking to them to come and hear this message. Um, I pray that your words have touched them in some way um, and that you just continue to be with them throughout their day, throughout their week, throughout their lives, um, and just bless them in whatever hurt, habit, or hang-up is, is tugging on their heart. Um, I want to pray over this challenge that Max has given us to give up something in our lives for just one week. Um, in our world, one week can seem like forever and nothing all at once. So I just want to pray your grace over that. Um, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity, for the provision that you have given. Um, and I pray that you just continue to bless our day. Um, you guide us. Um, and protect us, and I want to pray continued healing over um, everyone in our congregation who has fallen sick, and everyone who's dealing with some other sort of sickness or health issue. Um, I just want to pray your blessings over them, um, and I pray that the rest of our day goes well. In the name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.